never show any sign of weakness. Always go for the throat. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Biz Talk Radio is proud to bring you Investor's Edge with Gary Kalam. Straight talk about you and your money. You can reach Gary now at 877-747-EDGE. That's 877-747-3343. Here is your host, Gary Kalam. And once again to Investor's Edge, I'm Gary Kalam, your host. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Glad you are here, ladies and gentlemen. Happy that you are listening. It is uh, Tuesday. It is uh, April 9th. It is 2019. And we are here to talk about everything that matters to you. Your wallet, your job, the economy, your money, the markets, and all that stuff in between. But always first, if you do not get the show in your city, go to GaryK.com. You can listen live or archive or live 6.06 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Also at GaryK.com, you can follow me on uh, Twitter. Just press the button. Go to Twitter, Gary Kalpam. You can email me. Just be nice. Uh, read our commentary articles. We post charts of the day. If you like to hear what we're doing, like to hear what you're doing, press the money management button. Press the subscribe button to get our notes direct to you. And ConvictionLeaders.com, our email service, one month free. All there at GaryK.com, so I got that out of the way. First and foremost. So, earnings start Friday. We're going right into the market because there's a method to my madness here. And if it sounds like I'm losing my voice, it's because I'm losing my voice. Earnings start Friday. We get like, I think, BlackRock Thursday, but then you get JP Morgan, a couple other financials Friday. Then we get into the meat of earnings season in the next three weeks. And there are plenty of other earnings that come out after that, but the meat is in the next three weeks, four weeks, give or take. And all we want to do at this point in time is be on top of the tape. That's all. Not knowing who's going to report bad, who's going to report good. Not knowing who's going to guide up, who's going to guide down. You just don't know. But we can give you our thoughts here. And we're very measured with our words here. We're very careful with our words. So listen carefully. Probably, probably, in and around here, feels like maybe getting little headwinds. And I'm not saying that because we had a down day. I'm saying that because certain things I saw today inside the market give me that inkling. Just keep in mind, though, that we're due. It would be normal to correct a few percent. And really out of the ordinary, considering what happened in October and December to and that last quarter, I mean, straight down, straight up, kind of, sort of, made a big, gigantic V. Just letting you know. What do we look for? A topping out of the advancers versus the decliners. And two days doesn't do that. But it gives you an inkling. And what that simply means is on the uh, New York, I don't know, there's about 3,700 stocks accounted for, 3,100 accounted for on the NASDAQ. And for instance today, for every 10 up on the New York, 27 were down on the NASDAQ. For every 8.5 up on the NASDAQ today, excuse me, that was New York. Uh, for the NASDAQ, 8.5 up, 22 down. That's what we mean. You don't want too many days like that. Why? Because too many days like that changes uptrends. 
changes patterns, changes the playing field. So we're just letting you know. Maybe we're hitting a little bit of a headwind here. Not calling for anything else. Just maybe we're hitting a little bit of a headwind. I add in the fact that the semiconductors, they're just sticking up. What we call too far too fast. Small and mid caps continue to underperform badly. And then we looked at a few important things and eh, stick out. And I'm not even talking about Boeing, which was down to the five bucks today. And unfortunately, our little list on Boeing is coming to fruition. Lawsuits. Time. Cancellations. Orders that were expected no longer being ordered. Reputation. Intangibles. And as we've said to you, we're just not going to play it. And there were a couple of good trades in there if you got it right, but there were a couple of bad trades if you got it wrong. So let me just repeat. Eh, probably got some headwinds right in the round here. Give or take a percent or two. And we head into earnings season. That's all. I don't think I need to go further than that. The market wrap is brought to you by investment-models.com. That's Jim Rohrbach, one of the great market timers. No gray areas with the man you're either in or out of the market. What is proprietary indicators? Go check it out. Investment-models.com. Dow down 190. S&P 17, NASDAQ 44, NASDAQ 131. The NASDAQ kept trying to bucket, and by the end of the day, finally got it. Uh, they hit the mid-caps and small caps pretty good. The uh, transport's down 100. New highs definitely contracted. I did the advance declines for you. Not very good. Yields came down a little bit today. You know what the strength was today? A bunch of these software names that were strong and got hit hard down into their moving averages, they bounced today. Some of them, not all of them. But they came in towards the end of the day also. What else? Interesting. And, you know, we scan every night the 30 Dow stocks because it's 30. Boeing down five, Caterpillar down three and a half. Looks like Caterpillar went right into resistance and said, nah, nah. Uh, Chevron down a stick. Uh, Goldman Sachs to Home Depot, 270. That's been acting well. IBM, United Tech. Exxon, old dollar law, loses, and 3M was down three bucks. So not a great day. Lyft, since you're asking, 67.5. Remember, it got back above the uh, IPO price of 72? 67.5. Everybody's getting smeared on that bad boy. Remember that R-U-H-N IPO? You ready for this? Wow. And we're just singling it out. $12.5 IPO, six bucks. Down another buck today. And I'm still looking for the story on it, on why this thing's getting slaughtered. I still can't find anything. But it's a lesson for you guys. That's all it is. Now, the next one to come out is Pinterest. Symbol B, I hear P-I-N-S. And you know what I'm hearing? They lose a lot of money. And you know what just happened with Lyft? Who loses a lot of money? Stock's getting smacked. So you know what that may mean for Pinterest? Not good news. They've already had a lower the IPO price. We shall be watching, but just be careful. When I hear too many IPOs that lose money, I worry. Up next, I think I forgot to mention Barron's yesterday. If I mentioned it, sorry, because I'm going to mention it again. If I didn't, we'll talk about that up next and what it means. I'm Gary. This is the one only Investor's Edge. 
It's time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to... Hey, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Kultbaum. It doesn't get better than this. Okay. So, uh... We have certain things we watch here when it comes to markets. And again, price first, everything else second. Price first, everything else second. But there are other things we watch. And of course, we get neck deep into the companies. Unfortunately, we watch the central banks. We read maybe too much. And sometimes it is too much. But something we also do, and not because we made it up, but because others. And uh, we started watching. So it may sound crazy, but Barron's did a front cover this weekend. The title was, This Bull Market Has No Expiration Date. And it goes on to say that Barron spoke to three strategists each with his own reasons for continued optimism. I guess it went on to say something the effect of could last for years. What does a cover have anything to do with the markets, ladies and gentlemen? Did you see this cover back in November of last year? Mm -mm. Only now, after a good first quarter. These type of covers, just remember, these are journalists. They need to sell their wares. So they will tend to write things up that's at its hottest so they can sell. I still remember Fortune magazine. It was... Mid-2006, I think, maybe a little later than that, entitled Real Estate Riches. And they had interviews with people, ordinary people. I know, ordinary. You know what I mean when I say that. And some of them that were interviewed were almost penniless before they got into real estate, and they never had to put any money down. And all of a sudden, they were millionaires, and they interviewed somebody that had like 20 properties, Real estate riches after real estate had already skyrocketed. Now this bull market has no expiration date. Does not mean the market has to go down. We just make note of it. I still remember back in 99-2000. Articles on Cisco and so many other technology companies. They made Jeff Bezos uh, the uh, man of the year. I believe in 99-2000, and the stock went down 90% after. Of course, revenge of Jeff Bezos now, but it's 19 years later. So we're just reporting to you the news. We're not trying to throw cold water on anything. We're just reporting to you, oh goodness gracious, one of those front covers. And I have a copy of a bunch of these front covers throughout the years. By the way, it goes for bad markets also. Without mentioning... Because um, I turned over a new leaf a long time ago. A famed pundit 
within two weeks of the low in 08, said to be out of the market for the next five years, while saying buy, buy, buy all the way down. Those are the things I am talking about. And again, we're not trying to make fun of, we're just letting you know how things work. Price moves people and emotions and what they say and what they report. Price will do that. And one of the great examples of recent times is the coins. In December of 2017, when it was going through its climactic run, and a few months after, even if topped, I get 10, 15 spams a day. Coins. Phone calls at the office. Coins. Coin this, coin that. Not until most coins went down 95 to 100% and Bitcoin went down the 80s, they finally pack it in. And of course, Bitcoin's rallying a little bit right now. The coins are rallying a little bit right now. For whatever reason, I have no clue. Price moves greed. Price moves fear. And remember when it comes to greed, people will buy the dog crap that your dog made on your grass if they think somebody's going to buy it from them at a higher price. They don't care about valuation. They don't care about earnings or sales. They only care if they can buy any entity at 10 and sell it at 11. You'll have to trust me on that. And by the way, when I used dog crap as an example, I wasn't kidding. Seriously. Go read up about tulip bulbs. Tulips. Flowers. Skyrocketed in price. When my kids were young, beanie babies. These little stuffed animals. I'd go to this store and I'd see a couple of them for 2500 bucks. A beanie baby. So we're just making note of the Baron's cover. Could be meaningless, but it's out there, and we'll be watching. Up next, more on the market, news of the day, whatever else today. Thanks for being here. I'm Gary. This is the one only Investor's Edge. You're listening to America is talking. Investor's Edge. You gotta be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. With Gary Coltbaum. Don't highly recommend it. You're gonna feel better if you talk to him. Welcome once again to Investor's Edge. By the way, it's called the front cover indicator, in case you wanted to know. And by the way, that Pinterest is setting a lower price for its uh, IPO debut of $15 to $17, and they lose a lot of money. Yep. And it turns out, you ready for this one with Pinterest? It's lower than some of the numbers that people paid for in the private market, which is not supposed to happen. What that simply means, there's actually a price for it beforehand. I don't know if you call them informal markets, but it's out there. It's the private equity market, and it's coming lower to the public than some people paid. I'm reading here that some people paid uh, $21.54 in 2017, valuing the company at $12 billion. And now it's going to come public at 15 to 17 That does not augur well for other initial public offerings to come that don't have meat. There's a a company that just came public called TradeWeb, TW. Builds and operates electronic over-the-counter marketplaces in the U.S. and internationally. 
guess what? They make good money, good sales numbers, good growth. $27 deal, opened to 36 went to 40 It's pulling back now. But that's what I call meat. Not lift. Who lost uh, $900 million? Now, keep in mind, lift, the sales growth is amazing. 130, 111, 93, and 94. But you know, if you're going to sell lemonade at a lemonade stand and it costs you five bucks for the lemonade and you sell it for a dollar, you're not going to be in business for too long. But what these companies are able to do is they go to the private markets, public markets, uh, income markets, and they're able to keep going. For me, I've been always amazed how some of these biotech companies – there's a company called Immunomedics, I-M-M-U, okay? Back in 19 – was it 93 or 94? They had no sales, and the stock skyrocketed. In 99, the stock went from 1 to 34, back to 1 in 2009. So 20, 30 years later, the company still has no sales. Still loses a ton of money, yet has a $3.4 billion market cap. And you know how they're able to do it and stay around? They did a secondary offering in 2014. They did a secondary offering in 2016. They did a secondary offering in 2018. So it beats the hell out of me how this works. That a company's been public for like 30 years, never ever had a sale in developing of whatever, whatever, whatever to treat cancer. And by the way, this is not an indictment of them. I'm sure they're really trying to do something. But after 30 years, they were able to do a secondary. Raise funds. Even though they still have no sales. And of course, lose a ton of money. In the last year, they lost eh, 300 million bucks on those sales. How does one stay in business? I don't know. Because that lemonade stand, they ain't staying in business. Welcome to Wall Street sometimes. That's why we always say to you, pick your poison. And I will tell you another part of that equation, though, by the way. I've seen companies like Immunomedics bought out at $5 billion market caps with no sales. And what ends up happening, if they never get any sales, it just ends up being a write-off of the company who bought them. Anyway, again, pick your poison. I don't have the grapefruits to own a biotech stock with no sales because I'd be afraid to wake up tomorrow and the placebo does better than the drug in trials. And the stock's down 50. We've come on this show many times and told you, uh, just by the way, the stock's down 50 today overnight, 60, 70, 80, 90. There was one biotech stock that lost 90% of its value overnight. By the way, even Biogen just recently closed one day at 3.20, opened the next day at 2.20. And this is a big company. What do they do? About 13, 14 billion in sales and makes a lot. And on a drug news, it got squashed. So again, pick your poison. Muy importante. You know what you're getting involved with. Big time, muy importante. Other stuff from today that's sticking out. I was deciding if I wanted to get too technical with you, 
there are certain things that other things we watch, you know, about stocks moving through the hundred dollar, the two hundred dollar, you know, the big round number. They'll go above it sometimes and then fail it or just can't get through it. It's another thing we always watch. Apple got over two hundred bucks today, was up three or four bucks, finished down sixty cents on much more volume than the recent rally. So we're gonna see what happens there. And but it's Apple, so anything's possible. I was deciding whether I was going to bring that up, so guess what? I brought it up. Other things that stuck out for me today. Bank America. You know how I brought up, I think it was yesterday, I, I don't like the minimum wage thing. I don't like mandate the $15. That's terrible. Good people running their businesses, being told what they have to pay people. I, I got a problem with that. Bank America just announced that they're raising their minimum wage to $17 next year and up to $21 in a couple of years. That's the free market speaking. That's what we want to see. Bank America has decided that they can or they have to. Maybe to keep their people, they have to. Maybe to get new people, they have to. That's the way I want to see it. I don't like to dictate. You know what I'm seeing in too many fast food places right now? Robots. Walmart, robots. You know, Walmart raised their minimum wage. There's, I think, what are they, about 11, 12 bucks, I think? Walmart employs robots in an effort to control labor costs. There you go. Just remember, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, especially for smart business people. The country's largest private employer says at least 300 stores this year will add machines that scan shelves for out-of-stock products. Autonomous floor scrubbers will be deployed in 1,500. Autonomous floor scrubbers, what will they think of next? To help speed up cleaning after a test in hundreds of stores last year. And the number of conveyor belts that automatically scan and score products as they come off trucks will more than double to 1,200. The shape of things to come. And of course, they're doing it because they've got to battle Amazon. I've been reading up on Amazon more and more in the last couple of weeks. Amazing what they've been doing. Jeff Bezos used to get made fun of in the early 2000s and how he laughed. Ain't nobody making fun of that dude anymore. Up next. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Thanks for being here. I'm Gary. This is the one only investor's edge. You're listening to. What are we waiting for? Well, what are you waiting for? One, two, ready, no! go. Investor's edge with Gary Kaufman. <laughs> Once again, to Investor's Edge, I just want to remind you all, uh, when you watch these politicians querying and asking questions of people that come up onto Capitol Hill, because today uh, they had the Attorney General up there because they're very upset with him because they think that he is a crook, that he is hiding things in order to help the president with the Mueller. And we'll let you all decide what's true or not. Just, you know, when you have a chance to watch these people asking the questions, I just want you to remember these are the people that brought us the $22 trillion of debt. They have spent, and not, some of them are new, so they're not culpable, but some of them have been there for 40 years. You know, we never had government debt we never had debt until eighty. Mm,
So they're all culpable. I blame them all, especially the ones that have been there forever. Imagine, remember how government's supposed to work. They are the taxing authority, IRS with them. They tax us. They use that money to fund government. That's the job. In the year 2000, the amount to fund the federal government was $1.8 trillion. This year is going to be $4.4 trillion. And somebody's got to explain to me what we are getting for our money. On top of that, these people, all of them, have put us to the point where every day they spend $3 billion more than we send them. $3 billion. Because of all the debt they have built up every day, $1.5 billion of our tax dollars goes towards interest every day. You know, we can use all kinds of words for people that do that or did that, but it's become mainstream. It's no big deal. There are people that think it's okay that $500 billion of our tax dollars, which is supposed to go towards government to enact, do things, roads, bridges, schools, the poor, the elderly, the downtrodden, the children, goes towards interest, to nothing, absolute nothingness. So again, when you see these people get sick like I do, because they act like they're the end-all, be-all, when in my world, I call them crooked. And you know what we keep hearing from these people? Oh, it's the system now. There's nothing you can do about it. Oh, well, if I was the president, I'd be doing something about it. But of course, Trump is the same as they are, came in. If they just didn't add any new spending, it would have been a big win. Now they went at a quarter trillion dollars a year in spending. Oh, but it's for defense. I don't care what it's for. Before this extra quarter trillion per year, our defense budget has skyrocketed through the years. Just remember, before 9-11, we didn't have the Department of Homeland Security. So that, for me, is another non-starter. So again, when you see all these people acting like the end-all, be-all, because they're a representative or a senator or whatever, they are all guilty of absolutely, unadulteratedly mortgaging the future of this country, and they don't care, you know why? They're going to be dead. And if they're not dead, they'll be lobbying somebody, and if they're not lobbying somebody, it's because they probably did some deal with companies and corporations who are lobbying them now to give them big, gigantic jobs once they get out. Do you know how many people in politics that are absolute doofuses got jobs on Wall Street paying them a million a year, even though they know nothing about Wall Street, they're just a conduit to the politicians? A lot of them. I can spend a couple of shows on it. So again, when you see these people on TV acting like the end all be all, get sick to your stomach, get PO'd, understand what they're doing. They are not acting in your best interest. They are acting in their best interest. And today was another example of partisan politics acting in their own party's interest, not in anybody else's. And we're nothing more in a position than pick and choose and sides with these people. And it's nauseating. And one blames the other and the other blames one. And guess what? Three billion is added to our debt today and 1.5 billion of our tax dollars going towards interest. Have a great evening. Drive carefully when you get home. Do like I do. Simple procedure. Make sure you hug your children. Good night, all.
this clean edit of Investor's Edge created by Stu Lander. Follow me at twitter.com slash s-t-o-o-l-a-n-d-e-r.